Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Thank you so much for choosing to worship uh, the true God. It's a true honor and it's a true privilege. Not everybody has this opportunity. Only few are chosen and, and, uh, and only Lord knows all the reason why we are in the list. Now, come let us worship the God. Uh, the scripture portion for today's meditation is taken from the book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. I'll read, I'll read a bit fast, but when we go, we go a bit slow. Mark chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. The twelve sent out, and he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, do not put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. Any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake from there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet for the testimony against them. They went out and preached that men should repent, and they were casting out demon, many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. Well, the Lord is in a transition phase. He has spent enough time on, on earth. It, it's been almost two years. He's been teaching, preaching, casting out demons. He's raising dead. He's doing all the miracles. But it's a time for the transition. Just few more, few more months left that he needs to go back to heaven. And he is transitioning that work to his disciples. Now, these disciples are not noble, they're not wise, but they're very poor, they're very low, they're very, very humble. Most of the fishers, most of the disciples were fishers, uh, fishermen, we know that, you know. These fishermen are outcast people. When you go near fishermen, you know, they smell, and, and the smell is not pleasant. Truly, I mean, may not be here, but I have experienced that. Such kind of people God has elected for his ministry. Can you believe this? And remember this, one amongst those 12 disciples was Simon Zealot. I don't know if you have heard of the word Zealot. Do you know what is a Zealot? Simon was from terrorist group. You know, there is a group that was protesting the Roman government in those, do- in those days, and God has chose Simon. The zealot, God has chose the despised tax collector. These kind of the people that God has chose, He did not choose noble. He did not choose wise. He need low, poor, humble people from the day one till today, even till the end. That's kind of the people, so that nobody can boast. It is His work. It is His ministry, and He will keep it going on. Now, one important thing. You need to understand the reason for sending these people. Now, until now, Jesus Christ was the only one who was ministering, who was preaching, who was healing. Now, in those days, when medical facilities were very low, people used to die with various diseases. In that time, it was Lord Jesus Christ who healed so many people. Because of that, tens of thousands were people coming from all different towns and villages to him. And it, it was hard for the people and also 
for Lord Jesus Christ uh, um, to, to see them and to cope up with the ministry and to diffuse the people he has sent. He has prepared those 12 disciples. These are the disciples who been hearing, listening from the Lord day and day, every day. They were listening all the gospel, all the good news. Uh, they, they were witnessing all the miracles. But this is a time that Lord uh, has diffused them to go to the different towns in Tutu. Each town, two, two disciples went. Now, there were 12 disciples. I don't know if you have ever, heard, ever uh, thought about that. You know why Lord has chosen 12 disciples? Because there were 12 tribes of Israelites. You know? There were 12 tribes of Israel, and eventually these 12 disciples going to judge the 12 disciples in the heaven. Now, if you want to see, look at the verse, Luke chapter 22, verse 29. Luke chapter 22, verse 29 to 30. He said to them, the 12, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just my father bestowed upon me that you may eat and drink at my table at my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, there were several disciples, there were several followers for Jesus Christ. Even at time, in Luke chapter 10, God has sent 70 disciples in the same fashion, the same manner to go and minister. He has given the same authority, same power to do the ministry, but but. He only elevated these two uh, uh, disciples as a permanent preachers, as an apostles. These were learners, they were students, but now they've been sent out. And one of the reason, another reason why he's sending them, because for this is the purpose that he has called for them. Mark 1.17 says, follow me and I, and I will have you become fishers of people. God has told them that I'm going to make you fishers of people because most of them are fishers and they only know how to catch fish. But eventually the Lord said, but this is the purpose. So remember, they, this is a short mission that God has commissioned disciples to go. It's like an internship for them. It, it's an intern mission. I don't know what they would have thought, whether they would have thought this would come or not, but this came suddenly. Now, if you look at the passage in chapter 6, this is the context where Lord Jesus Christ comes back to Nazareth and when he teaches, nobody uh, believes him, unfortunately. Though they're witnessing the miracles and you see the Bible says, he wonder at their unbelief. Looking at, that's the context when Lord says, okay, now it's a time for you to go to the short mission. Now, there are several uh, implications that ministers of God can learn from this passage especially from this uh, commission, and those implications holds true even today. Now, one of the major difference from then and the ministers today and even the future is they were given the power and authority over, uh, um, uh, power and authority to the, do the miracles. We don't have the power and authority to do the miracles. No man has, don't even, even believe if somebody says they have the power of miracles. God does and he has his own way. But man doesn't have any power to do miracles. That's the major difference. But the rest, all the implications that we're going to uh, see uh, in this passage holds true to all the ministers. Now, another reason before we go and see those two 
features of uh, of the ministries is this commission is also a judgment against the Jews, against the Pharisees, and against the scribes. You know, those are the people who are running the synagogues, assemblies. The, they are the religious leaders. But unfortunately, God put them aside. This is a judgment that, that should understand that God has chose all different kinds of, uh, different set of people. The low, the humble, the meek, and the poor people for his ministry. They are the first generation New Testament covenant ministers. And that's how God has selected and he been doing the same thing even today. He has elected poor, low, humble like me and like you to do his ministry. The ministry belongs to God and he keeps it going on. No matter people come, people go, but the ministry belongs to God. Now let's look at the seven feature, the seven characteristic of a faithful minister or faithful ministry. The first one, these disciples proclaimed the gospel, the good news. They proclaimed the salvation. The, the same passage of commissioning of these 12 disciples is also available in Luke chapter 9 and also in Matthew chapter 10. Mark and Luke, they gave only few instructions from Lord Jesus Christ in this passage. But if you want to look at the entire instructions, entire passage, you go and look Matthew chapter 10. You will see there are so many other instructions that the Lord has given them before commissioning. We will go to Matthew chapter 10 in a while, but keep an eye on Matthew chapter 10 as well. And remember to read after going home because you're going to see so many other instructions. Mark and Luke gave only a few. Now, Luke chapter 9 verse 2. Luke starts with that, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. The, one of the first major criteria, the future of a faithful ministry or a faithful minister is to proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaim the king, proclaim about salvation, and proclaim about his returning. That's the first thing the minister has to do. If, he, if that's not the primary goal of his ministry, then he misses the major thing and he has to reevaluate. So the first thing that you need to understand is they proclaimed salvation and they did it very faithfully. That's, that's what you see in Mark chapter 6 verse 7 also. They went out and preached that men should repent. The second thing they did is they also preached repentance. Now, they were bold and courageous. They not only preached about the good news, they, but they also preached the repentance. They, 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 went on, they went out and they said, men must repent of their sins. John the Baptist one of, was one of the, uh, another minister who was also preaching. You can see in the same passage, one of the interesting way Mark has wrote, has put his uh, um, things in, 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 in even chapter 5 and chapter 6. You see, in chapter 5, he, sp he speaks of Zyrus' story. He starts it, and suddenly, without finishing it, he bought the um, uh, story of a woman who uh, suffers with the blood, and then continue with the story of Zyrus. The same thing he does it in chapter 6, but there's a purpose that we will see. That he starts with the commissioning. Before disciples returns back and gives an account, he actually puts the story of John. What happened to John? John was killed during this time. So John, so Mark, uses a, a, a sandwich kind of concept, you know, a story at one end and, and, and so the other end, he puts something in the middle. 
but uh, th there is a reason. So John was also one of the preacher who was also preaching. But remember, John stayed, John lived for a very short time. Now, we don't know, we don't understand why it exactly happened. Because when I read this very first time, I wondered, Lord, when you, while you are on earth, I know Lord is controlled all the time. How did you allow this to happen that John was beheaded? But anyways, that's the price of the ministry for them and for us also even today. So John was also one of the preachers. He preached on the repentance. When even Jesus Christ preached on the repentance, Peter uh, uh, preaches on the repentance. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, one of the other important uh, thing you need to remember is the Israelites were lost people. The lost people are the one who, news, who needs good news, who needs uh, the news about the salvation and also the king and kingdom. So that's the first thing that we see is faithful ministers proclaimed gospel faithfully, proclaimed the good news, the salvation and repentance. And the second thing that we see, the second implication that they did and the faithful ministers does is they manifested compassion. Now, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, not only gave them the instruction to preach, but also he gave the commission, he gave the authority to heal and to uh, raise the dead and also to cast out the demons. Now, very important thing, when we are meditating or focusing more on disciples, don't forget the real hero behind this. It is none other than Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one, he made perfect timing, he is a perfect leader. Now, one of the faithful servant, John MacArthur, gave a definition of a leader this way. A leader is the one who gets things from others effectively. Lord himself would have, could have done all these things. There is no doubt about that. But he's a perfect leader, perfect trainer. This is only short commission. There are several times that uh, the, P, the disciples uh, uh, would be trained and also are commissioned finally at the end after the resurrection. Even after all this, even after experiencing so much of power of doing miracles, raising dead, casting demons, the disciples still go up and down. And we all know their story. But when they experienced the power of resurrection, they were different. You know, they turned the whole world upside down. That's the power of resurrection. Remember that. So the second thing that they did is they manifested compassion. In those days, remember the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders, they were putting a lot of burdens on the people. They themselves were not fulfilling any commandments, not obeying anything, but they're, they're, they were not compassion. You know, our Lord is a compassionate God. So when they went, they healed the sick, they, they cleansed the lepers, they cast out the uh, demons. Remember, they also raised the dead. By the way, have you thought, why did the Lord send two by two in pairs? Even when he commissioned 70 people, he did the same thing. He sent two by two. You know, two by two is for uh, self-motivate, to support each other, to benefit. The Bible says, two are better than one. When one falls, the other lifts them up. In, in, the, in the Bible, you will see in the, uh, in the Old and in the New Testament, so many... Uh, Ministries, God's servants works in, in a team. Ministry is so beneficial when you work as a team. 
I wonder one of the reason why Judas Iscariot. By the way, all these things doesn't holds to Judas Iscariot who 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 fell back. I don't know who went with Judas Iscariot, and if he that wouldn't have went, I don't know if Judas Iscariot would have come back with so much of power he is experiencing. No, ministry involves compassionate. We are to uh, we are to be compassion or compassionate towards other people needs. You know, it's easy to go and preach, go and teach, but when somebody is in real need, you must, if possible, if you can, you help them. That's what the Lord commissioned them. He would have said, "Go and preach." He didn't say, "Just go and preach." He said, "They have so many needs." they are sick they are struggling they are in pain go and help them be compassion show them uh, some mercy and this is the power and this is the right i'm giving you you go and heal the people they went they went and healed the people they cast out the demons i wonder that matthew chapter 10 verse 8 says they even raised the dead wow you see that they even raised the dead now this power of healing power of doing miracles is just was given to apostles just to validate their message just to authenticate they are truly from god because in those days there were so many false teachers so many false prophets were, were gone out and to validate them that their message is the authenticate message indeed it's from god god has blessed them with this all this uh, power to heal uh, to raise the dead and also to cast out the demons hebrews chapter 2 verse 4 says and they were verified it with signs and wonders and various deeds under the power of holy spirit so signs and wonders were given only to be verified to be validated to be authenticated that's all that's the reason why there are no miracle power given to a man these days god does miracles god does and it belongs to him alone so these are the false teachers who were devouring the widows house those days mark chapter 12 verse 40 false teachers devour widows houses and a pretense make long prayers then they made additional rituals routines and demands and commands to the people they never had any compassion but lord has a compassion in the bible there are so many references that says god is a compassionate god psalm 145 verse 8 9 says but you lord are a compassionate and gracious god psalm 86:15 says but you o lord are a god full of compassion and gracious long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth who forgives psalm 103 verse 23 who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases one of the reason why lord jesus christ came as a man on this earth to experience our infirmities our pain our suffering and when we go through those pains and suffering he feels them god understands our weaknesses and still he loves us that's the compassionate god and he demonstrated that in his disciples is a great leader that has done a great ministry on earth especially in training the disciples then we will move on to the third future of a faithful servants are faithful ministers that they lived dependently now as i said there are only few uh, restrictions a few instructions given here 
But if you can go to Matthew chapter 8, you will see the Lord, uh, the full passage. Where the Lord said, these disciples have to depend on God and God alone for his providence. God said, take no bag. Take no money. Take n- not even two eunuchs. Eunuchs are actually garments. Here in the Bibles, you will see inner garments. But I have seen one of the... Uh, uh, somebody also said it is an extra garment that people used to hold. Uh, um, uh, when this uh, people used to cover when they uh, sleep, um, actually. But God said you are not supposed to take anything. Here, you, uh, in, in this passage, you see, you see, um, no bread, no bag, no money in, in the belt. And in, in another passage, you see that they are not supposed to take anything, not even gold, the silver, or copper. Now imagine when you go from one city to other city, can you imagine without taking the wallet with you? What are you going to eat? What are you going to, what are you going to drink? How are you going to survive? Where are you going to live? God said nothing. They have to depend on God and God alone. And they obeyed it. They did so. Can you believe? Now, remember, that's just an internship. That's an interim commission, interim mission, short-term mission that God is sending them to trust Him. Does the ministers of God today have to live like that? No, 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 no. Doesn't, that doesn't what the Bible says. Because the Bible says the worker is, is worthy of his wages. Luke 10 verse 7. The Bible says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. Never do that. Bible, when you read, you must read whole counsel of the Bible. But here, especially, yes, God said, no, 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 don't take any back, any money, nothing. It's a pure training for you, training for trust, and you must trust for my providence. And they did it. They did it. You see, Luke chapter 22, verse 35, 36. Luke chapter 22, verse 35, 36. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, but now, there is a controversy, you see? Yes. I said, no, not to take at that time, but now I'm saying, let the one who has money back take it, and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. When God calls you to ministry, one of the important that you need to remember you have to use all the providences that God has given you. You have to plan accordingly. That's why you always have to remember the whole counsel of God. So that's the third uh, important feature, a characteristic of a faithful minister or ministry, to live dependently. And the fourth is the demonstrated contentment. Now imagine, these people were going from town to town, and the Lord said, when you go to your town, you have to find one home and you have to stay there. He didn't ask you to go from one place to other place. Now, imagine when we, ourselves, somebody comes to the city of Cyprus with all those miracles, powers to raise dead, to cast out demons, to heal any kind of diseases, will we ever let them go and imagine how much 
temptation that person or if that privilege was given to me or you will have to earn a lot of money. There was so much of potential for corruption. Corruption of potential uh, was so massive. But they didn't do that. They were so content with, with whatever God has given, even whatever the provision, the providence, they've been blessed in those villages from town to town, village to village. They were content. One of the important features of the ministry is being content. And the fifth one is the exercise discernment. This is, and I'm saying every feature is important, but this, this is the important feature for most of the Christians, most of the ministers, including me, and I have failed in this category so badly. That's the discernment. Minister of God, even the Christians, the believers, must exercise discernment. We fail, and I failed it so miserably. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, in the same commission, in the same commission that God has commissioned, it's the same content, same time, Lord is saying these disciples in Matthew chapter 10, you can flip or else I can read. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, same context by the way, same commission. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. The problem with Christians is they will have the only the second part innocence of being as a dove, never being shrewd as a serpent. And I have no writer, I have no, I'm no way privileged to tell this because I'm, I'm one kind of that. I'm, I'm a person because I mean, I mean, uh, uh, went through so many things. The Lord says, do not believe every spirit. I believe every spirit. When somebody comes and says, I'm a Christian and all, oh, wow, child of God, come, welcome. No, 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 no. Do not believe. Do not believe every thought that comes. It's not from God. First John, verse, uh, First John chapter 4, verse 1. Do not, do not believe every spirit. You know, Lord himself, in John chapter 2, verse 23 to 25, look at that verse. John chapter 2, verse 23 to 25, the Bible says there were so many believers that followed Jesus Christ, but he did not entrust all of them because he knew what is in man's heart. And we fail. We, we trust everybody. We believe everybody. And we go with everybody. The Bible says, no, 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 no. That's the problem. The Bible, when you read, you must take the whole counsel of the Bible you must understand the theology properly. Every doctrine of the Bible needs to be understood properly. Then only we can walk appropriately with God. The Bible says you must flee. You know, the proverb says that the wise will flee from the danger, but foolish will go and fall into that. I was kind of that foolish, that naive person I was. Lord Jesus Christ fled when he was ministering. Apostle Paul fled in times of danger. Christians must face. Yes, in times, we must stand firm in our faith. We must fight back. But at the times, you need to flee back. And that's a discernment. And I, I don't know what context or what's a, what, what situation are you in. There is a time to flee. There is a time to 
to fight back. If somebody comes, no, 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 have faith, fight with faith, stay there, the danger is coming, that's the false doctrine, false theology. That's the problem. Don't believe. So discernment is the key. So these, God said to these people, whenever you go to a town, find a person who is worthy in the town. So it is their job to find who is worthy, who is not. They discern that so well. When it comes to ministry, God said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Do not give what is holy to dogs. And do not throw your poles before pigs, or they will trample them under your feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Not everybody would appreciate the true love, the true message, the gospel that you share. Not everybody we will recognize. When God spoke of pigs and dogs here, they're not the beautiful dogs that are in our houses here in America. In those days, and in some countries like India, the dogs or pigs roam on the streets. They're wild dogs, you know. Even there were so many occasions when I was riding on my bike, cycle, they, they'll run to chase us, to bite us. I was so little, I, I used to scare so many times. I used to sell milk when I was little on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the bike. Not the motorbike, just the bike. Going different places far away. It was early in the morning, five, uh, six o'clock. And after that, I used to go to school or college. And in, in those times, nobody used to be on the streets except the dogs. I used to get scared to go on the streets. So these are the dogs, they eat junk food. They don't like pearls. Give them pearls, they don't like it. Don't run away from the dogs and the pigs. Don't do that. They don't realize the glories of the truth of the gospel and of the good news. Be careful. Be discerned. And they have done so well exercising their discernment. And then sixth characteristic that we see is they were obedient. See in Matthew chapter 10 verse 16, they were obedient for all the instructions that the Lord has said. Look at verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as, as doves. And look at this. But be aware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you to their synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour, verse 21, brother will be brother to death and father his child. There were so many instructions that God has given that there is a danger, there is a risk, risk to your own lives. In fact, when they written back, they said, guys, guess what? John is dead. His head was chopped. That's the price of the ministry. These are things going to happen. Yes, it's a short-term mission. Definitely, you're not going to face all this. But the day will come when you would be surrendered to the courts in front of the kings and governors, where you will be tortured, where you will be persecuted. Eventually, most of the disciples died like that for the Lord. Of course, they experienced power of resurrection, so they were no more. Because even now, after this passage, when they experienced so much of power and authority, they fall back because they were men like you and me. But once they experienced the resurrection, they were 
not the same. So they, they obeyed. They obeyed God. They said, okay, Lord, we'll obey you. We went. And the last characteristic is they embraced accountability. Every minister of God, every Christian, every believer has to believe that one day we have to give an account. And that's what they did. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30, when they returned back, the apostles gathered together with Jesus and they reported to him all that they have done and thought. We're going to give an account. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says to the believers, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep a watch over your souls as those who will give an account. One day, we all give an account, and especially the ministers of God. That's one thing, it's scary for me. That's one of the reasons I thought, Lord, spare me from ministry. But with all the providences that God has provided me from the day one to till today, God has placed me into, into his ministry. We will give an account. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and discloses the motives of human hearts, and then praise will come to each person from God. These are the disciples. There was perfect training. And in fact, when they returned back, the Lord said, okay, guys, you really worked hard. It's time to take rest. Look at the leadership qualities. God took, takes them to a secluded place so that they can rest. Unfortunately, people find them and they go and uh, catch them even before these guys reach to the other shore. But the Bible says in the same Mark chapter 6 that the Lord felt compassion on the people and then he started teaching. Up until now, all the few weeks, all the few months, the disciples were doing the work. The Lord said, okay, it's my turn. You take rest. Such kind of leader we have. In the ministry, there is a time to take rest. You need to replenish. You have to refresh. You have to take time to grow. People will come. People will go. But the ministry belongs to God. And the ministry goes on. And ministry should go on. Ministry doesn't belong to wise or intelligent or so many influenced people. But God has entrusted meek, humble, poor, outcast people like me like you, that's what he did, he did in the first uh, century. He's doing now, and he's going to do at thy land. May the Lord bless you, the ministry, and the Lord encouraged with these words. In Jesus' name, amen.